Live from Chatterbox Sports Studios, it's Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. Well, good morning, good morning, and a pleasant good Wednesday morning to each and every one of you. As always, we welcome you to Off the Bench presented by United Dairy Farmers. I'm Tom Brenneman. Great to have you with us. We come your way Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to noon Eastern time. You can find us a number of different ways. Let's start with YouTube slash Chatterbox Sports. We always ask if you would, please subscribe. Like the program if you do. Dislike it if you do. That's fine, too. We also stream on Facebook. That's a Chatterbox Sports page. And you can find us in podcast form. Just search Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman and you're dialed in. We asked a question yesterday. Was this the first misfire of the offseason for the Bengals? Letting Von Bell walk out the door. You have to believe they wanted him back, right? Well, he's not. We believe they wanted to sign some IJP Ryan. He's not. He signed with Denver, Denver yesterday. What about tight end Hayden Hurst? Well, he's now a Carolina Panther as of this morning on a three year contract now to be fair on the service this is not the end of the world okay on the surface level not the end of the world but let's look at where they stand as free agency officially kicks into high gear later today there is not a single tight end on the roster now depending what happens with joe mixon if he says they don't want to redo the deal there's no one in the running backs room their two starting safeties from the last three years are gone and that's before we even get to the offensive line issues you'd like to believe there is a plan we shall soon find out jay morrison from the athletic will join us shortly Is Jamal Williams part of that plan? The Detroit runner who had 17 touchdowns last year. In a curious move, the Lions signed Bears running back and Mount Healthy High School grad David Montgomery to a three-year contract, $18 million yesterday. Does Detroit keep them both? Former Bengal quarterback Andy Dalton was inked to a two-year deal with Carolina yesterday. That's no doubt insurance for Whoever the Panthers take with the first pick in the draft, C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, whomever. The Cowboys acquired quarterback Stephon Gilmore from Indianapolis and later retained linebacker Leighton Vander Esch. If Aaron Rodgers becomes a New York Jet, apparently he is asking the team to go get some of his buddies, like Randall Cobb, Odell Beckham Jr., Alan Lazard. Well, the Jets apparently are listening. They signed Lazard yesterday, a four-year, $44 million deal. Is Rodgers next? And what's the fate finally? Will we get some resolution? I actually feel for those guys in Baltimore that have to cover this Lamar Jackson mess every day. This has been going on for two years. He is officially allowed to start talking to other teams starting at 4 o'clock today. He tweeted yesterday when a report went out over the internet on Twitter about a contract he was offered and so on and so forth. He said, listen, here's the deal. I was offered three years, fully guaranteed, over $130 million. 
and he turned it down. Could you imagine, gentlemen, being in a place in your life where somebody says to you, Casey McAllister, Paul Fritchner, good morning. Hello, Tom. Here's a three-year contract, and here's $130-plus million. Here it is. And you say no to that. Do you think you'll ever be in that kind of position? Who knows? The way you two guys are going right now, you probably will be. I won't, and I'm comfortable with that. Uh, Don't sell yourself short. (laughs) You're the guy that called me an ex-professional. Let's always remember that. College hoops. Sharing the spotlight, strangely enough, with the NFL these days. The NCAA men's basketball tournament kicked off last night just up the road at UD Arena. couple of great games. Paul, you were there. We'll catch up with you later about that. In the first game, Texas A&M Corpus Christi beat Southeast Missouri State 75-71. That was an exciting game. The Islanders face Alabama in round one of the tournament later this week. In the nightcap, pair of 11 seeds locked up Pitt out of the ACC. Mississippi State out of the SEC, and the Pitt Panthers hang on. Another thriller, 60-59 the final. Mississippi State had a wide-open three-point attempt at the buzzer. It does not go. Pitt faces Iowa State with the winner of that game, more than likely facing the Xavier Musketeers. The first four continues tonight. Fairleigh Dickinson taking on Texas Southern. Nevada plays Arizona State in the nightcap. In the NIT, bad night for your guys in the Big East, Paul. Yeah. Bad night. Both Villanova and Seton Hall out. Opening round losses at home. UC hosts Virginia Tech tonight in the NIT. That's at Fifth Third Arena. Tip-off time is at 9 o'clock. To your point about UNC declining the NIT bid, I don't really understand why Villanova went to Liberty. They didn't play any of their guys. Like, they didn't play Justin Moore. They didn't play Cam Whitmore, the NBA. He's going to be a lottery pick. I don't really understand why you go down there and make that trip. I understand why you play in the NIT. I'm not knocking that. I think it's a good decision to play in the NIT. But if you're not going to play your two best players, which I'm also not knocking them for not playing, I just don't understand why you make that trip all the way down to Lynchburg, Virginia, in a hostile environment and play a game where, I mean, how much do I love college basketball? I had that up on my phone at UD Arena last night watching both games at the same time. So I was watching Villanova while the first four was going on as well. And I just don't understand why they played that game. Casey, you're chuckling. I mean, I am too. I'm just saying, are you kidding me? You're sitting there at an NCAA tournament game in Dayton. And while the game's going on, you've got your phone on watching an NIT game from Lynchburg, Virginia. To be fair, Tom, he does have like three or four games going on at the same time at his own house. (laughs) I do. Having just one on his phone. That's a different deal. I mean, if you're sitting at home, you're sitting there for the pleasure and the enjoyment of watching a bunch of games. I get it. But when you're sitting at a live event, big league event. With your dad. Yeah. Well, it, you could be talking to your dad. You could be watching the game. You could be looking at cheerleaders. Well, maybe you wouldn't. <laughs> but, I mean, you could be doing a lot of things. Looking at Villanova playing at Liberty in the NIT would be on any reasonable human being. And there are a lot of derelicts out there. I'm one of them. But I'm not that much of a derelict. 
And I, I didn't bet on it. Just just to be clear, I, I had no no skin in the game last night on uh, on Villanova and Liberty. I was just curious, kind of. I watched the last two minutes. I'm not going to sit there and say I watched the whole game. I watched okay, the last two all minutes. Right, all right. Turned all right. it on there. At now the you, end. you now you you've been embarrassed. I just, I just <laughs> yeah. Nick Kirby said Liberty. Yeah, he's a he covers the A Sun. He went to Liberty, so uh, that's a big league school. He. Uh, he was very uh, – he was – well, you know, part of the reason – to be honest, part of the reason I was kind of curious about it was because um, Kennesaw State, who Xavier plays on Friday in the NCAA tournament, beat Liberty in the Atlantic Sun final. Mm. A little little bit of synergy there. But, again, it's tough to read into that with Villanova not playing their guys. So, um, But that's enough NIT talk today. Look, we're not, we're not here to talk NIT. Just – Brian in our chat says, I watch some of every NIT game. Brian. Brian Love it. Brian. Love it, Brian. Brian. Sir Boy Wonder says, Paul, you have a problem. <laughs> uh, in baseball, actually a really good game last night. I mean, it was a good game for a spring training game. I can't stand watching spring training games, but this was a good game. You had Hunter Green against Zach Greinke. Yep. That's a big-time matchup. And uh, Hunter Green went five innings in that game, allowed one earned run, his longest outing of the spring, longest by any red starter. And in the WBC, Team USA plays Columbia tonight in Phoenix at Chase Field. That'll be at 10 o'clock Eastern time. Now, we have uh, Jay Morrison coming up shortly. Uh, looking forward to hearing from him from The Athletic. And today is our big reveal on the brink of the official start of the uh, NCAA Men's Basketball Tournament tomorrow, which, by the way, we will be live, remote location, Buffalo Wings and Rings. Now, where is that joint in relation to here? It's the one over in Westchester off 747. Okay. If anybody... So that's roughly, if you you got to go over to what? You, you jump on 275, I mean, on uh, 275, 75, what? Yeah, it, yeah it's kind of right by Lakota West kind of kind of over that way yeah okay. so you could go it, it would so be about 10 minutes it'd be right off of two, uh off of 75 oh really yeah it's right, right off 75. so that's convenient i go past it every day from from mason yeah. so for yeah, anybody that is familiar with chatterbox that you know knows any of our uh stuff from the fall it's where the uh lakota west the firebird show coaches show happens um, casey did you sing send uh, jay a link yes i did Okay, he just asked me. So, if anybody wants to go over there and see that, that'll be tomorrow. Again, the show starts at 10.30. The doors to uh, Buffalo Wings and Rings don't open till 11. Okay. But you can come and watch the show. The show will go right up until tip time of the first game at 12.15. And then we'll stick around and watch, like, the early afternoon session of games um, until it all kind of settles. You know who kicks it off, don't you? Huggy! Huggy Bear, yeah. Huggy Love Bear. Huggy. You know, there are a lot of uh, lot of reports, speculation, that if and or when West Virginia gets bounced, that Huggy might be retiring. Wouldn't shock me. I hope he doesn't. Although now he's a Hall of Famer. Um, he should have been in a long, long time ago. You know, I was interested the other night when they took that shot. I don't know if you, you were watching it. You probably weren't because you were in, in New York. But they took a shot during the Purdue game of Gene Cady in the stands. Long-time Purdue head coach. Uh, and Jim Nance was talking about how he's not in the Hall of Fame. I was kind of surprised by that. Really? I know he never won an NCAA championship. I get that. 
That guy had a hell of a career. Sometimes longevity just helps you out, though. Yeah, but he won a lot of games. He had some big-time teams here at Purdue. That's what I mean. Sometimes you stick around long enough. I mean, Huggins never won a national championship. I mean, Katie looked better now than he did back then. He had that <laughs> comb-over thing going, you know? Sure. It's not a good look. No. No, I mean, I'll be there one day. I'm on my way. I mean, it may not look like it, but I, I, I'm starting to go there. And so it'll be the decision of comb-over, um, you know, maybe a number two buzz cut, or just shave it all. No. Oh. I'm on my way. You got to try. I'm on my way. You do plugs. None of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm not getting plugs. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> that ain't happening. That ain't happening. All right. Kind enough to join us. A proud alum, as we say it all the time, of The Ohio University. Founded in 1804. First college west of the <laughs> Allegheny Mountains in the United States of America. Not some tired Miami grad. Our good buddy, Jay Morrison. <laughs> Jay, how are you today, man? You, I mean, does it ever stop for you? You go through an entire season, day after day after day, and here we are in the NCAA tournament. They announce the pairings, games have already started, and the NFL is still king. It, yeah, it does not stop, and because the Bengals make these deep runs, I mean, you do get little breaks here and there, and that little break from first-round playoff loss till the Combine, uh, now that's out the window because it seems like you go straight from the AFC Championship game or the Super Bowl to the Combine, and as soon as the Combine ends, you're in free agency and then draft. And, oh, by the way, the schedule release is even a huge deal that, yep. that leads up to the draft. It is. It is that, that about – Mid-June to the end of July, that's when you put your feet up uh, and, and say, please, please slow down. Nobody do anything stupid. Uh, nobody get arrested. Where you, you, You'd like to take that little break and refresh. And it's great having Paul Daner on junior on the beat with me as well because uh we can they, he took a week off during the season uh you you get to take those little breaks and try to refresh mm -hmm. but it the the nfl just churns and churns and churns i mean you know before we get into the Bengals stuff i mean jay it, it, it it's just mind-boggling to those of us who have been blessed and fortunate enough to to make a career out of this kind of thing covering sports um Man, it, you know, I, I don't know when it officially flipped. You, you're a lot smarter. You've forgotten more about this stuff than I do. But I, I don't know where it flipped where all of a sudden, I mean, it, it's, not even, it's not even close what the NFL is compared to everything else. I would argue compared to everything else combined. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I, I think, you know, fantasy football really kind of took it to another level and then i don't know you know there was illegal gambling now there's legal gambling uh, i don't i i don't know if it's uh social media or just it seems like fans are so much smarter now that they used to just kind of trust this stuff this off-season stuff and they're like okay talk to me in july when camp starts and now they're they're creating their own ledgers and they're making their own free agent signings and they're doing their own scouting watching film of the players it's just i think that the fans i don't know it's a chicken and egg thing is it because the nfl got so popular that the fans dove in so deep or if it's the fans got so much smarter and the nfl embraced that and said hey let's turn every single little thing we do into an event and just dominate the calendar throughout the whole year yeah it's amazing okay i i said yesterday and and i asked the question again today uh there's no question no doubt about it the Bengals and, and the Browns and Duke Tobin and Zach Taylor and the coaching staff, everybody's scouts, they have a plan. Um, but 
as I sit here as a Bengals fan, as a Cincinnati kid, and I look at the, the, the last three days of free agency, and I say to myself, is it misfire one uh, Von Bell? You knew Bates wasn't coming back. Is it misfire two Pirine's gone? Now is it misfire three Hayden Hurst is gone? And we haven't even brought up the offensive line. Is there, is there reason to be concerned about what's happened so far for Bengal fans? Um, I maybe a little, but it, this was their plan all along. I mean, we, we tried on on our on our hear that podcast growl, and we, we tried to prepare people for this that this was the approach they were going to take that that they're going to let the market come to them, and that they've always kind of had this. I just tweeted this quote out, uh, a long quote from Duke Tobin about you know setting them values on players and not deviating from that and not panicking and and not getting into bidding wars and if if another team's willing to pay a guy more then they're going to thank him for his service and let him go on and trust their their scouting and their coaching and their ability to develop players and 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 just keep that churn going and um the, the big one for me was von bell i really did think they were yeah. going to bring him back but We've seen this, and, and this was a lesson learned uh, in in 2018. The very first story I wrote for the Athletic when I joined them was about the the, the Bengals sunk over 100 million dollars into Carlos Dunlap and Geno Atkins on the same day. Two massive extensions on the same day. This really rare thing, and it bit them because both those guys were on the wrong side of 30. They learned from that, and it's not that they're saying Von Bell isn't good anymore, but you you just you play the percentages and you say they're, they're just not going to pay a guy a third contract because injuries are more likely to happen as you get closer to 30. And then the one thing that nobody can expect is just that that drop off. You know, players don't just kind of gradually decline. It's almost like it's they're, they're going on fine and then they, it's just this plateau and they just fall off and you don't see it coming. And they're just not willing to to do that. And they they took the money they were going to give Von Bell and turned around and gave it to a younger guy in Jermaine Pratt, a second contract, still in his mid twenties. He's going to come up. He's going to be up for a third contract before he's thirty. I don't think he's going to get a third one from the Bengals. It's just the way that they're willing that they're, they want to operate right now. And the, the 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 kind of the money quote within the quote from Duke Tobin was just because you play, pay a guy more doesn't mean he plays better. And they, they would have loved to have gotten Hayden Hurst back. I haven't seen the numbers yet on on what mm -hmm. Carolina is paying him, but it's a three-year deal. Um, I, I'm sure it's a lot more than what the Bengals were willing to pay him. Um, so they, again, they they just trust that they can develop, bring in new guys. There's still a lot. that I think Hurst was only the third tight end to sign. There's still a lot of safeties out there. There's still a lot of tight ends out there. And you've got the whole draft to go still. And the one thing that I – and I'm sorry I'm going long on this, but – no. The one thing I think is a great comparison, and it, the Bengals haven't voiced this, but I think it's what's in their mind, is that Joe Burrow has a Michael Jordan quality to him where he makes those around him better. And they are willing to bank on that. And it's almost a recruiting tool because you look at Von Bell came in here for his second contract. He's getting more in his third contract. Uh, Samaje Piran came in here, kind of a journeyman. He's getting paid huge after playing here. They're, they're saying that these mid to lower level tier guys that maybe aren't getting the money they wanted to get. Hey, come play for the Bengals. You'll have success. You'll play well. 
and you'll get an even bigger deal after this. I mean, the, the, just the, to go and play in the postseason and play well and be a part of a winning team, it can have value down the road. And they, they want to get these guys with the chip on their shoulder that aren't getting the money they thought they were going to get in free agency. Do you think that uh, that that well, the safety situation, certainly the answer would be yes. Uh, they're they're going to have to do something. You're not going mm-hmm. into a season where your goal is to get to and win the Super Bowl. At least I wouldn't think with basically two rookies back there starting no. uh, at safety. So but 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 then now the the Hearst thing, the P. Ryan thing. Uh, and we'll get to the offensive line in a minute. But but does the P. Ryan thing and the Hayden Hurst thing, do you think it directly affects their draft? You mentioned that there are guys out there at those positions you can find. I don't think there's any doubt about that. But do you think that it will change what they might have wanted to do or, or think they're going to do in the draft? Um, possibly, Pop, more so with running back. I know I did a seven round mock. Paul Daner did a seven round mock. He had them taking a running back in the second round. I was under the assumption they were going to get P. Ryan back, and I still thought that they would, and I still do think they are going to sign uh, a free agent. And Jamal Williams is on everybody's mind right now. Uh, the guy from Detroit, because Detroit just pivoted and took Cincinnati native David Montgomery, so they're going to let Jamal go. Uh, 17 touchdowns last year, 16 in the red zone. This team really struggled to run the ball in the red zone. He would be a great fit. So you go get a, a guy in free agency, and then you draft one. So I think that was always the plan to draft a running back. Just a matter now it, it becomes a little bit higher that the mixing thing is still out there. They're not going to make a move on him until they have to, until they see what they have. Um, I'd be I'd be shocked if he plays this year on the the salary that he's he's due twelve point eight million. They're going to ask him to take a pay cut. He's probably going to say no. So that's why you get you get one in free agency. They just resigned Travion Williams today too. That's a, a just a, a depth piece, but another guy in that that running back room. And then with tight end, it's it's kind of the, the the same deal. There's, or I'm sorry, you said safety, right? Um, there are guys out there that, yes, that you have to get um, a veteran there. And I, I, I think a, one, a name that everybody should kind of have on their mind is Julian Love. Um, he's going to turn 25 next month. And he last year was his first year as a starter with the Giants. And that's important because James Betcher, the Bengals linebacker coach, was the, the Giants defensive coordinator when they drafted Julian Love. And Lou Anarumo had done some work on Julian Love before he came here. That was that 2019 draft. So he came here as the D coordinator. Um, as far as tight end in the draft, yeah, I don't. The, Brian Callahan said at the combine he kind of threw some cold water on the idea of them taking a guy early in the in the draft. They they prefer more to get one of those mid round guys that they can develop. They said it's one of those positions that's that's really hard to come in and be good right away, and they want to find a guy with traits that they can develop. I think they probably had in the back of their mind they were going to get Hayden Hurst back, so maybe this does change that a little bit, but. Um, everything that happens uh, is has somewhat of a ripple effect of what they're going to do in the draft. Um, you know, I, 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 I'm watching Kansas City. And look, it's not to, to dismiss <laughs> Buffalo or anybody else for yeah. that matter. But certainly the last two championship games, that's the team you've played. Kansas City wants to get to the Super Bowl last year, losing the championship game. They let some guys go to free up some cash. Uh, and I think a lot of fans uh, on the outside look at it. I'm included in this group. 
And, mm-hmm. you know, you, you see the way Kansas City is going out, and they might lose a guy, but, man, they plug that hole immediately uh, on the offensive line, right? Um, mm-hmm. and, and they're able to spend a little cash here and there. I don't know if they've taken a step back from last year, a step forward last year, maintained from last year. They're defending Super Bowl champs. Um, but it makes me think that the contract that Mahomes signed, which was spread out, uh, and, and, and certainly very different than, than a Deshaun Watson, although he just redid his deal a little bit. But, you know, Mahomes isn't making $65 million starting yep. next year like Deshaun Watson is. It makes me wonder if maybe uh, Joe Burrow and the people who represent him or the Bengals on their side aren't looking at that whole thing in Kansas City and saying, man, that's the kind of contract we got to find a way to structure to keep Burrow here and be able to go out and get some other pieces. Is that fair? I think it is. I mean, last year at the pre-camp luncheon, uh, Mike Brown brought up Patrick Mahomes' contract unprompted. I mean, I, I think that is ideally the, the kind of structure they would like to put in place. Will Will Burrow, I mean, we don't know. They, 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 that side holds things so close to the vest that uh, not really sure what they're thinking. But just knowing Joe and the kind of guy he is and, and how he's all about football and all about winning, I, I think he realizes that that he can still get paid and do it in a way that they can manage the cap. I mean, it is amazing what, what Kansas City's doing. I mean, you you win two Super Bowls in four years, that's when the pieces are start you're starts you're supposed to start losing these guys and they did they they lose Orlando Brown but then they go sign make a huge signing in Jawan Taylor and then Charles Amenahu they they signed a quality edge rusher um that you don't normally see Super Bowl champions making these big splashes in free agency usually it's the guys walking away so it is a a very very interesting comp um and something that I, I think a, a lot of the the Bengals and the Bengals fans should be paying attention to because that could be the Bengals' future uh, once we see what how this Borough deal shakes out and, and how it's structured, more importantly, than what the total dollars are. All right, I don't want to take up any more of your time. You're very busy. Before we let you go, uh, if, you're, if you're a Bengals fan, you're hanging out here the last couple of years, and, and you've pointed out regularly and your stuff in The Athletic and on your podcast uh, that this is going to be a different – uh, free agency mm-hmm. uh, time for the Bengals compared to the last two years, defense two years ago, offensive line last year. Um, are you expecting anything the next 48, 72 hours from the Bengals? Hmm. 48, maybe 72, definitely. Uh, we, we had we had Jeff Hobson from Bengals.com on our, on our podcast uh, last week, and we, we played this game. Whereas, okay, when will the Bengals sign their first outside free agent? Will it be Monday through Thursday? Will it be over the weekend, Friday to Monday? Or will it be after next Monday? And we all said they're going to ruin our weekend and they're going to sign somebody <laughs> on, on the weekend. It just feels like Friday, Saturday's the day. You just you see the, the top guys ticking off, and it's going to get into that mid-tier where the, the guys that they, they like, that they, they think they can – they get something out of for a good price, and I do. I I think Friday, Saturday is when you're going to see them get their their first outside free agent. And it's not going to be anybody that's going to wow you, but it's going to be a piece. I, I just just look at what they've done in past years. Even DJ Reader, a lot of Bengals fans didn't even know who he yeah. was when they signed him. But Von Bell comes in and you get him on a really cheap deal and he plays the best football of his career. And now he's getting paid and Cheeto wasn't a very expensive guy. And Mike Hilton wasn't an expensive guy. They, 
They this is where they have really thrived in free agency. Even last year, Cap and Karras, they had the biggest need they had to address. They did it five minutes into the start of free agency, but they didn't get the top tier splash guys. They got guys that they identified as quality starters on a on a solid to slash bargain price and cap and Karis both worked out great for him too. That's it's what you're going to see. And it's, it's, it's going to start. I would, I would put it, let's say I'll put the over under at 1 PM Friday and you can guess whether it'll be before that or after that. But I, I think that's the, that's the best target line in my mind. All right. If you had to, if you had to go one, two, three, and, and look, things, you know, you negotiate with guys, takes a little longer for some other guys. But if you were a betting man and you were to say, okay, their number one thing they're going to sign is this position and then number two, that position, what would one and two be? Um, I think I would say safety would be number one because it is so important, such an area of need. I, I think running back is two, seeing the writing on the wall with, with Mixon, but um, there's still a lot of those guys out there. Uh, maybe, maybe two for me would be an offensive lineman. There, okay. There's still, and, and the guy that I've got pegged is Jermaine Illuminor. Started for the Raiders last year. Probably can get him for three and a half, four million a year. I, I think right tackle in particular, but offensive line overall. This you, you have you would. You have a question about your long-term left tackle and your long-term future at right tackle. This is the time. Just throw as many darts at it as possible. Sign a guy like a Luminor in free agency. Draft one. See what Carmen, if, if he can progress. Wait and see where LC is with his rehab. Just stack that room with as many guys as possible. Let him, let him fight it out in training camp and may the best man win. All right. Did you fill out a bracket for the basketball tournament? So this is my favorite time of year. I run all kinds of March Madness pools, and it gets really time-consuming because it, it, those are hard to – they're not your standard bracket ones. They're, there's the unique fantasy ones where you pick players. Yeah. And I, I just love it. So I wait – I always wait till the night before the tournament starts. So tonight I will fill – I feel, as, soon as, it, as soon as the bracket came out, I filled one, just my instant reaction. And I took Purdue in that one. I just wow. uh, watching them, watching them in the Big Ten. I, I Edie is such a, a freak in the middle. Yep. He's so hard to deal with. And what I love about Purdue is that team. Every youth basketball coach that teaches defense and boxing, all the fundamentals, they've bought in. They they listen to Matt Painter and they do all the little things right. And they've got great defenders. They've got other guys that can score. They've never done it before, but maybe this is the year. I just I have a hunch that, that Purdue might take it this year. Well, I wouldn't be surprised. That's a really, really good team. We thank you, Jay, so much for your time. Thank you. Yeah, and uh, and the best to everything, my friend. Have a good weekend. All right. Thank you, Tom. All right. Jay Morrison from The Athletic. Great to have him. Uh, and his insight, I, I find it just fascinating uh, what the Bengals are up to or not up to more accurately so far. Paul, uh, yesterday, I mean, Casey, yesterday, before we get to revealing our picks, and that's coming up here in a minute, we're going to walk through our brackets today. Paul has picked, Casey has picked, and I have picked on who we have marching all the way through the tournament, ultimately crowned as national champion of college basketball. But, Casey, correct me if I'm wrong. Yesterday, when it came to uh, 10 being the darkest things could be in a very dark Stephen King-esque darkness, mm -hmm. okay? And, and, and one being the light of the Lord. Yep. Right? 
like we have today. Beautiful, sunny day Yep. here in Hamilton, Ohio. Your outlook on the Bengals was pretty dark. If I'm not mistaken, you were hovering right around that seven. Where are you now with Hayden Hurst gone and Samaj P. Ryan gone? Where are you today, Casey McAllister? Well, I'm still at like a seven, seven and a half. Um, you know, the Bengals, their main focus was retention. And if you just look at some of their main guys going to free agency, they're one for six is what it's going to look like in the end of this. They only really re-signed Jermaine Pratt. They could have re-signed Bell with that sort of money, if you ask me. They could have potentially cut Mixon and then re-signed Samajang. You go get another guy that, you know can fill in that need. The Smaje one, I, I was actually, I don't think they could have, without cutting Mixon, I don't think they could have re-signed Samaje. And I know he's a fan favorite, and I really liked him. Um, but it's just, the Bengals' main focus, and what they told us, was retention. And they're failing at retention right now. It's not a good sign. I think... I don't know why the number one priority wasn't filling the biggest hole in this team's roster, which is tight end. There's zero tight ends on this roster. Zero. That is the number one priority in my mind. They're going to find a tight end. I mean, I, I'm not worried about the well, tight end. I'm a lot more worried about safety and offensive line than I am the tight end. And the running back thing, they'll get fixed. There are a lot of guys out there that, you know, I mean, that's why I said it's not the end of the world. Because they're going to find a guy like Hayden Hurst. Are they? Who, you know, may, yeah, they, they, they are. Their offense and their scheme and their weapons that they have around the tight end position, they're going to find a guy who's going to be as good as Hurst. Now, he may not be the same guy in the locker room. See, that's the thing that bothers me. Are the guys they've lost from a locker room standpoint. Everybody loved Jesse Bates in that locker room. Yeah. He might add his holdout thing and all that. And, and the business side of things. But when Jesse Bates walked in the door every single day, guy was a gamer. Von Bell, leader of men, no question about it. Agreed. Uh, Hayden Hurst, passion, fire, care, toughness, right? P. Yeah. Ryan, guy who walks in the door. And I mean, you know, and in fairness, Nixon's that kind of guy. For his teammates, the guys love him. They love him. Gamer, cares, right? Yeah. And now all of a sudden there's a chance, you know Bell's gone, you know Bates is gone, you know Hurst is gone, you know P. Ryan's gone. They're letting character guys walk out. Now they've built this franchise and this roster, we talk about it all the time, full of guys who were captains, full of guys who are character guys. All that, They've done a nice job after being the laughing stock in a league in many of those categories for a couple decades. But they've gotten that part right. and and But now... You know, when, when, when Jay just said Joe Burrow makes everybody around him better, I agree with that on offense. Joe Burrow doesn't have a damn thing to do with making players better on defense. Nothing, in my opinion. Now, having him as part of your teammate and a winning culture and the whole attitude the quarterback sets, I, I'd listen to that. It maybe has some effect on a defensive player. 
But when the defense walks out on the field, anybody that's ever been around a football team on the inside of it, there is a division between offense and defense. Some teams get along better. If you've got a great offense and a crappy defense, the guys on offense are looking at the guys on defense and going, what the hell is going on here? Then there are guys like Buddy Ryan when he took over in Arizona. He was a defensive guy. The offense stunk. Defense was great. They're getting beat, you know, 18 to 14. And guys on defense are guys looking at the offense and saying, these guys stink. What are they doing over there, right? So Burrow, because of the, the, the weapons, the culture, Zach Taylor. Um, but I, character guys mean something. And they've lost, they've lost four good character guys here in two days. Yeah, I, I am concerned about that. Um, and everyone has been linking us to, uh, Chancey Gardner Johnson. Yeah. I think that would be, I think that would be a decent signing. I think he's a, a good teammate locker room guy, but he has a lot of money. Um, probably around like 10 million a year or something like that. It's just really tough. I don't know. I don't see with the amount of money that they have them being able to fill all the needs that they possibly are addressing the needs, not necessarily completely filling the needs without using the draft. I think that's what my, that's what my main issue is right now is that they're going to go into this draft having a hole somewhere at the current moment, the way things are going. I don't think that, you, you can tell me all day they can get a Hayden Hurst guy, but that's one guy. They got to get two or three more guys. And that means that they're going to have to spend something in the draft, which they will. But I'm just saying that they, you're, you're looking at scraping at the bottom of the barrel. You're not going to get a, you're not going to get the top five tight end in this free agency class. If that's the case. Oh, but I don't so think I, anybody put Hayden Hurst a year ago in this time in the top five free agent tight end class he had been a disappointment I mean he had been a number one pick in Baltimore they had a tight end there that was better than him he goes to Atlanta eh, not much air they sign him all of us you included me included we all thought Hayden Hurst okay former number one pick hadn't worked out hadn't been the guy they thought he looked like a number one pick last year he played like one yeah there are other guys like him out there all right listen ham and eggers take it um, uh, and then we are going to start revealing our brackets before Marty Brenneman joins us in about 20 minutes. Ham and Eggers, Mr. President. Here we go. NCAA tournament underway. It's that time of the show, the Ham and Eggers. These guys are great. Trust me, I would know. I introduce all the best segments. Been talking a lot about the Bengals here. That is brought to you by Encore Technologies, Bengals Report. Encore Technologies provides IT solutions for a data-centered world with a suite. Oh my goodness, a suite of services from mobile computing to desktop to data center, supporting both centralized and work-from-home computing models to improve efficiency and productivity. That's right, Casey. Visit Encore.tech. The path to innovation begins here. There is a new premium alkaline water out, Pony, right here in front of me. 
Made in Hamilton, Ohio, Pawnee uses natural limestone filtration, unlike the artificial processing that many other brands use. The result is a healthy alkaline water that is also the best tasting water in the world. Visit their website at PawneeWater.com. That is P-A-H-H-N-I Water.com. P-A-H-H-N-I Water.com to see where you can buy this great tasting water. Get your coffee from UDF, bet with Betfred, drink your Pawnee water, and uh, get your technology solutions from Encore.tech. And again, tomorrow, 10.30, the show starts. So when you go to YouTube, you guys are hopping in the chat at 9.55. It won't be there. won't be there till 10.30. We will stream the show. But if you want to go watch it in person, you can. Show starts at 10.30. Doors to the public open at 11. And then it'll hang around until probably the end of that, that first session. The first games tomorrow are great. Then you get into the middle afternoon, not so much. So probably once those first couple of games, first few games are over. And for every, uh, for every over that hits while you're there, you get a free beer. I love that. Courtesy of Chatterbox. So potentially get a few beers in your system, depending on how things go, if, if the good old college boys put the ball, the the good old round rock in the in the uh, in the bucket tomorrow. But uh, yeah, so that's tomorrow. And am I forgetting anything else? Is there anything else I'm not pubbing? No, no, I don't think so. Um, I will say before we we go to our brackets, I see Tom walking up here. Um. I would really hope that the Bengals make a move before Friday at one. What's, I, fr- what's Friday at one? That's just what Jay said. Was that oh the under over Friday? Oh at oh, one. oh gotcha. I would really hope that they get something done before that. Um, right now it's Wednesday at we'll just call it eleven. If they don't get something done before then, I, I'm gonna raise my concern level higher because then you just don't know what the the plan is because they haven't done anything that that would be my my other concern is why at we've been in this for and and usually by by today you know when free agency officially begins you'll probably see a lot more happening but as of right now we haven't seen a whole lot of news we haven't seen uh them sign very many players it makes me concerned. It makes me very concerned. But they have the money. They have the money. That's the thing. They have the money to get a guy, and then a bunch of, you know, one-year deals. So that's why I'm not full-blown concerned. They've got some money to play with. How do you I just, say you're not full-blown concerned? And this is the last thing we will cover. We yeah. These, these yeah. How do you say you're not concerned when you're at a seven and a half on the darkness scale? Well, that, that my that's full. Dark. Full blown, full blown concern. Like darkness is a ten for me. I, I'm not, I'm not at that point yet where I'm like, bring me Mike Brown, Brown's head or something. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not at pitchfork and, you know, brimstone. I'm not there yet. But, like I said, the if they don't get a deal done before Friday at one, I mean that's. That's that's a little concerning to me. Uh, I think my Tom's Tom's mic may have just gotten disconnected. No. I was, oh, just kidding. No, he just didn't hit the button. 
I forget to hit the button sometimes, people. All right, where are we starting? Here we go. It's time for the big reveal. All right. The NCAA Men's Basketball Tournament. Let's start with the East side. Let's start with East. And whose bracket is this? Do you want to start with yours? Well, whatever. Wherever you well, want to we'll start. start with care. yours, Tom. Let's start with Tom's. Okay, so I am, I am starting with Purdue winning. I think Memphis is going to win. I love Purdue, but I have Memphis in an upset there in the next round. I got Duke and Tennessee. I think Tennessee's better than people think. Uh, they're not losing to Louisiana. Uh, and then the Dukies against Memphis, Sweet 16. Kentucky, K-State winners. Michigan State, Marquette winners. Cal gets the big dub over Kansas State. Marquette beats Michigan State. So it's the game we talked about, Paul, from back when my dad called the Christian Leitner shot at the buzzer. Right? You have Kentucky v. Duke and the Blue Devils. Do I have the Blue Devils winning that game or Kentucky? Kentucky. You have Kentucky. I have the big Blue Nation. Cal! Get it done! Running circles around John Shire. Kentucky to the Final Four. Wow. All right, who's next? All right. Paul, let's start with you next. All right. So I have a similar bracket up at the top. I have Purdue and Memphis coming out of that game. It's a real shame. Memphis and FAU might be the best game of the weekend just on paper looking ahead. I have Memphis. uh, Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. Okay. This is, this is, I'm sorry. This is subject to change. (laughs) What? I didn't, I didn't realize. I did this last night at halftime of the game. I, I have Memphis beating Purdue. That's my bad. I have Memphis. All right. I have Memphis. I, I. I have Memphis beating Purdue. We'll fix that. I have I, I think I have Memphis beating Purdue. Trust me, there are not many there are not many alterations here. Sorry. I yes, the rest of this is correct. I think Duke beats Tennessee. Wouldn't be shocked if Louisiana beats Tennessee, so I'm gonna pick Duke through either way there. I'm not getting on the Oral Roberts train. Um I am picking Kentucky to beat Providence. I don't trust them. I don't see a ton of upsets here. I think Marquette got a great road. I'm gonna trust Shaka Smart. I'm gonna trust. Uh, I'm gonna trust Shaka Smart here. I don't really like anything huge out of this bracket. Kentucky doesn't really do anything for me. Duke doesn't do anything crazy for me. But I think Duke gets past uh, Memphis if they win that game. I may end up leaving Purdue into the Sweet 16. But either way, I don't think either one of those teams gets past the Sweet 16. Uh, Duke and Marquette with Marquette to the Final Four. That's Marquette good... to the Final Four. Okay, I have Marquette to the Final Four. Tell you that Kansas State team, and I have a feeling that Casey likes them. He's been talking about them. So is this now oh, let's your go, Casey. bracket? This Can- is Casey. yeah. This is my bracket. I think we all have a very similar top bracket. Well, Tang. we have the exact same teams. Correct me if I'm wrong here, now, fellows. Just looking at yours, Casey, real quick. We have the exact same teams winning every game in the opening round. Yeah, and, right. And the, and the top of that East bracket, we do. Yes. Well, yeah. yes, that's right. Yeah, we've got Duke, Tennessee, Duke pretty much going all the way to, to the Elite Eight. Right. Um, I, I have a very interesting bottom bracket. I was actually debating Providence, but I just couldn't pull the trigger on it. I was kind of the same way. I, I, was, yeah. I, I was debating it, but I just – No chance. But I just – No chance. And then Kansas State, to me – they're a really good basketball team. They're a really good basketball yes, they team. Are. I, I agree. I they might be a little underrated here. I think they get the job done on a Kentucky team that's been very up and down all season long. Um, Marquette, 
in Kansas State, towards the end, I just took a roll of the dice. And I, I, I was sitting there talking to myself, and you'll see later on in the rest of my bracket, this is as far as a Big East, Big East team goes okay. for me. And by the way, I, I'm totally sorry about, uh, about this earlier, but we had Rowdy Everpoint with $5 Super Chat here. Oh, yeah. There you go. Team signed T. Team signed T. Thank you, Rowdy Everpoint. Yep. And then I think I just saw another one. Sir Boy. Sir Boy. See, I'm Oral Roberts. He now I got to give it up to Soy, Sir Boy Wonder five one three. He has been saying all year long. He's not a Johnny come lately on his deal. He loves Oral Roberts. How do you pronounce that kid's last name? Acemus. It's pronounced. It's spelled Abmus, but it's pronounced Acemus. A C E M A S. I don't know why, but that's how it's pronounced. Acemus. Now that's the damnedest thing I maybe have ever seen when yeah. you look at the spelling. It's A B M A S, and somewhere in there you get a C. You get a C out of there somewhere. Acemus. Boy, okay. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, I wouldn't be. I guess I wouldn't be shocked. Uh, but the problem is, I, I, I don't think Oral Roberts is sneaking up on anybody this year, and I think. For a Duke team that hasn't lost since that game that they shouldn't have lost against Virginia, they're playing extremely well right now. Um, the Memphis FAU game at the top, that is going to be a great game. FAU is criminally underseeded in this bracket. They should be much higher than they are. They got screwed. Memphis has two potential. I mean, you're talking about a Memphis team. Think about this, Tom. Memphis has played four number one seeds this year. They've played Houston three times and they played uh who was the other one alabama i think at coleman coliseum every game they've either either won or it's been a one possession game they're a talented team i think memphis they've, has a good team they have been tested that's why i'm gonna take a shot at memphis um that they, they've had a good year i'm gonna take a shot there i know it said purdue uh i will I think change that by, by tomorrow morning. All right, let's go. I out. would be surprised. I will not be shocked if Memphis is in the Elite Eight. I think no, I, not I, at all. I would not be surprised not at, all. at all if Memphis is in the I Elite Eight. I think both of those teams, I think Memphis and FAU are both Elite Eight teams, that one of them is not even going to make it out of the first round. You might be right on that. I, I, I got to tell you here, I mean, um, the, the, AC the player formerly known as Mouse Cop is just killing. Our picks. The, the, he says this is rough. Well, you know what? Uh, nobody here has a crystal ball. So you may not like them. But, but, but you know, look, yeah. don't be sitting here. I, I'm not going to sit, sit here and pick apart every uh, people's picks. I, uh, I, I don't know. I, I'll give it to, um, to RM saying he'd be stunned if Marquette made the Final Four. Marquette has not even won an NCAA tournament game since 2000. 13. Yeah. 13. Yep. So, uh, would not be shocked there, but here's the thing. Everybody's been doubting Marquette all season long. Got picked ninth in the preseason poll. They won the Big East by two games. They won the Big East tournament by 20. I'm not going to keep doubting them. Um, I think Marquette got maybe the best draw of any top two seed besides Alabama. Uh... I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt, and if Marquette loses in the second round to a 7 or 10 seed, then that's just 
boy, is that an indictment. I got to tell you, though, uh, and and I'm not, this, this could happen to any team, what I'm about to say here in a second. And it's her boy wonder once again. Paul, haven't you been saying the ACC stinks all year? I'll let you answer that in a second. But here's the thing I was going to say. This applies to everybody. And anybody who believes it doesn't exist just, just is not paying attention to the world on a daily basis in athletics. There is such a thing as pressure and how people handle pressure. Coaches will tell you, oh, there's no pressure. Just play our game. Do it the way we do it. I look at, at Southeast Missouri State last night. This is a team that on the season, as a team, shot 72% from the free throw line. That is a staggering number for a team. That is really good. Last night, they go 9 for 20 from the line. 45%. If they shoot 72% in the game, we're playing in overtime, minimum. Or they win the game. Yeah. I mean, listen, pressure's there, man. Pressure's there. They had guys shooting 82, 83% from the year, stepping up there, clanking. Stuff you'd see in a fifth grade game. Uh, And so you never know. All right, where are we off to next? Marty Brenneman has picks today, too, by the way. Wait till you see his picks. We're going to the South. On All the right. top of that side of the bracket. Is this me first again? This is you first, Tom. All right, I have the Crimson Tide of Alabama. Then I got Huggy. San Diego State is going to beat Charleston. Okay. Charleston scores a lot. San Diego State grinds it out. And I think Virginia is better than a lot of people think. Okay. I go Creighton, Baylor, Missouri in a win over Utah State, Arizona. So I'm not picking any upsets there. I'm going Virginia to play Alabama. I'm going Baylor over Creighton. I am not high on Creighton at all. I think it's the most overrated team I've ever seen. And I might eat my words. Arizona, when I picked this last night and then I read the paper today, they've got a couple of really important pieces here that are hurt. Um, But I only have them winning one more game anyway over Missouri. Then I have Baylor beating Arizona, Alabama beating Virginia, Alabama the Crimson Tide of Alabama. March on to the Final Four. Paul, next All right. up. All right. Go ahead. So here's mine. I got Charleston into the Sweet 16. I think there is a very good chance we could have a Charleston Furman round of 32 game there where San Diego State and Virginia both lose. I think Charleston would win that game. I also think Charleston can beat Virginia if it even got to that point. So I'm going to take a shot there. I'm going to um, I'm going to take Charleston into the Sweet 16. Wow! Pat Kelsey, I do think Huggy gets it done against Maryland. Maryland has been god awful away from home this year. I don't trust them to do it again. Uh, I will take West Virginia. I think uh, Creighton. I'm going to trust Creighton. I've been saying, if you have been a loyal listener of this show, you know that I have been saying for two months that I am bound and determined to pick Arizona probably two rounds too far. I picked them into the Elite Eight. It would not shock me if Creighton got to the Elite Eight here. I don't trust Baylor as much as I trusted them a couple of weeks ago. I hate saying that, but they just kind of have let me down in some spots where I thought they would win. I am going to say that Creighton gets to the Sweet 16 and then loses to Arizona 
I have one and two here. I think Alabama is a better Arizona. Um, Arizona does have the bigs, but Alabama has Brandon Miller, and I'm going to stick with him. Tell you what, I think Huggy might give Alabama a game. I'm just, I'm just saying. I think Huggy might give yeah. Alabama a game. Paul, yep. uh, that's your pick. Thank you very much. We knew yep. you were going to take Creighton. I mean, that was Biggie's bias. Casey. Yeah, um, mine's very boring, honestly. Um, Mine is too. Yeah. I, very boring. I, uh, I just can't see Alabama losing. I just – I couldn't pick my spot there with Huggy. And the – the ones that are the most concerned to me are the middle of this bracket. I think Arizona can make it to the Elite Eight, but I have them one game behind. I think they stubbed their toe, but I just don't trust Baylor um, either. So that game to me, I, I struggled with that one. I couldn't pick my spot really there, and I just kind of gambled, I guess, on that one. I think it's a 50-50 between Baylor and Arizona. I think Alabama eventually gets it done. San Diego State and Virginia, there's just no way that they lose to – I, I, Alabama can't lose to those two teams. And I don't see – I don't see how – yeah. I mean, I think this is my, my most boring part of the bracket, honestly. Can you flip back to mine real quick? Yeah. I'll... I just want to make sure – okay. I had – I didn't know if I picked Missouri or Utah State. I'm picking Utah State. I just wanted to make sure that that was the one I picked up here on the – You know, the everybody in the okay, chat's getting all over those of us who aren't picking upsets. Look, just because there have been some 12 seeds that have beaten some five seeds doesn't make me think that that's automatically going to happen again this year. There's a reason a team's a five, and there's a reason a team's a 12. Now, every game is different. Every matchup is different. Most of the time, if you go chalk in the first two rounds, most of the time, your bracket has a fighting chance to still win your pool. Yeah. You start picking a bunch of upsets. Charleston, were you the one, Paul, or was, was Casey the one? I Got did. Charleston. I picked Charleston. Okay. I mean, you know, that could blow up. You might be right, but it could blow up. Yeah, it's like me taking Kentucky. They're a six seed. I got them going to the final four. Now, for those of you that are all over my case about not picking upsets, I got a six seed going to the final four. Nobody else in this room has a six seed in the final four. Right? I don't think so. Let me. All right. But all right, we're going to save the other two brackets for after Marty Brenneman. Okay. All right. But I want to walk through these two. Bra- I want to walk through our brackets again until he comes on. Let's go back to the first one, okay? Let's go back to the first one. All right. Of these games, and it doesn't matter whose bracket you put up. I want to walk through some of these games and ask you. So, Paul, if I heard you right, you actually think FAU? You would not be surprised if they. I mean, you wouldn't be shocked if they beat Memphis. I wouldn't be shocked if FAU got to the Elite Eight. You, if we're what st- do you like about them so much? Oh, they've just been such a talent. They have they have tested themselves this year. I'll, I'll pull them up just to make sure I'm I'm not. Um, so, FAU's thirty one and three this year. They have a. I'm gonna go back to it. They have two wins over North Texas. They've beaten Florida this year, and that was back in the early part of the season at Florida when Florida was was fully healthy. They have run through Conference USA this year. 
They have the shooting. They have the offense. They're a balanced team. Their offense is just as good as their defense is. They can shoot it from three. They can shoot it inside the arc. They can defend the ball well. They, they shoot free throws pretty much middle of the pack. I mean, they have everything that you could ask for. They have some size. They have the guard play, more so the guard play than the size. I, I just think that uh, overall, this is a really good FAU team. I'm not surprised at all that people would have them making a significant run in this tournament. As far as I would say, potentially the Elite Eight, um, maybe the, the, the Sweet 16, I, I, maybe the Elite Eight's a little too too generous there. Okay. But again, again, they are playing a Memphis team that has damn near beat four number one seeds this year. I just it, – it, it's a really, really – tough matchup in the first round for FAU. All right. The other team I want to talk about, well, two things. Okay. You've said all year long, Paul, you have crucified the ACC on this show. Yes. All year long. They play their first tournament game last night. They get a win. You were there. Yes. Okay. Um, you know, Duke does play an excellent out-of-conference schedule. They do every single year. One of the best, along with Gonzaga and Kentucky and Michigan State. Those are the teams that come to mind that will play anybody, anywhere, anytime. Yep. Right? Okay. Now, but, but those games were, were, were lifetimes ago in the sure. grand scheme of things. Duke was not playing well early. Uh, they beat Xavier. They beat a couple other teams. But they weren't playing great. Um, is Marty Brenneman ready to go? Let me make, let me make one. But I, I, the question I was going to ask you real quick before he comes on. Duke, weak conference, they're on a roll. They're one of the hottest teams coming in. Tennessee, when you look inside some of the numbers that you like to use the metrics, and I know they've got guys hurt. I understand that, so it can change it. But this is a team as a four seed, more so than any other four seed, is right up there in the top 5'10 all year long as far as metrics, and even now they're still there. A lot of people are looking by Tennessee. You're right. You're right. The one thing I will say, because we do have Marty in here, the, the last thing I will say here is if for anybody filling out their bracket, if what, what you want to look at, right, is who's playing their best basketball at the right time of the year. That's in March. There is a website that I will put in the chat, but if you're listening in podcast or whatever, it's called barttorvik.com, B-A-R-T-T-O-R-V-I-K.com. You can filter, you can sort the, the games and the teams by date. So you can easily just click on a calendar and say who's playing their best basketball in the last month, two months, three months, whatever. If you just click on February 15th, today's March 15th, and you say who's playing the best basketball in the last month, Gonzaga, number one, Texas, number two, UConn, number three, Duke number four. So I do think that even in a weak ACC, I'll give Duke their credit there. Um, I, 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 I will give Duke their credit there because uh, I do think that they have turned things around here lately. Um, but we have Marty, and I'm sure he well, has Well, he's just rolling out of the hay out there in Arizona because after we uh, changed our clocks, which they do not do in the state of Arizona – uh, it goes from being a two-hour spread to now a three-hour spread. So we thank the Hall of Famer, my dad, for rolling out of the rack um, and for joining us early this morning. Uh, let me ask you before we go any further, good morning, Dad. Nice to see you. Um, nice to see you, Tom. Thank you. Um, I got to tell you, I, I, 
and I've said this about every school that turned it down. Uh, and North Carolina wasn't the only one. I thought it was kind of you're, lame you're, they turned down the NIT. You agree or disagree? I could not agree with you more. I think all Hubert Davis is doing is compounding a problem that they have right now on the heels of a brutally horrible season um, and, a, and a poor accounting of themselves as a team trying to run plays and doing things. They acted they, – they, it was chaotic. The whole season was chaotic. And then on the heels of that, turning down the NIT, I think it's about as classless a thing as you can ever do. Okay. We have that out of the way. Now, let's yeah. get to your bracket. You filled it out. You sent it to me last night. We just walked through uh, half of our brackets here. Now, this yes. is the Marty Brenneman bracket. Let's start now and take a look. You can see the screen. Uh, you, have, uh, the, uh, you have Purdue and Memphis winning. You have Duke winning. You have Louisiana over Tennessee. Would you care to quickly tell us why? No, every one of my picks are gut reactions. I, I'm not into it scientifically like Paul is um, and going to websites to see who was playing the best in the last month. I don't really give a damn about that. I just do it by gut instinct. And it's kind of interesting that the final four that I picked, I, I know I'm getting ahead of myself, but uh, I've got three teams that a lot of people are picking to be in the final four. Okay. Uh, and, and gut feelings, not, not number one seeds. Um, I, I, I just, I have a feeling that there, well, I know there are going to be some upsets. We all know how that is. And I think, I think that this, this field of teams in this particular season, there is a possibility of even more upsets than there normally are simply because I can't remember a season where there's been greater parity in college basketball than it has been this season. Mm -hmm. So I think a Louisiana Lafayette can pull off an upset. Um, I've got the I've got the College of Charleston winning two games. Okay, hang um, on, we'll get to that in a second. I want to walk through this bracket. You and Paul are on the same level as that on Charleston. I, I'm not I'm not buying it. Uh, you have the big blue led by Cal, my main man, Cal. Got it going on down there. Uh, you've got them against Kansas State. You got Michigan State, Marquette. You've got Cal and Big Blue going to the Elite Eight. Against Marquette um, before finally losing, and then Duke, or I'm sorry, the Sweet 16. And then you that's have right. Thank Duke, you. Thank you. Marquette, you have Duke going to the Final Four. You are not worried about the Dukies having played uh, in the Atlantic Coast Conference and very little competition, truth be told. I don't, that doesn't bother me a bit because it, going back to what Paul said a moment ago before you brought me on, I, I don't I don't know that there's a team that's played any better over the last month or five weeks than Duke has played. Yeah, um, they've got it all together, and and so I, I don't I don't feel any reluctance at all to put them in the Final Four as I did. Well, you were the one who called the shot of Christian Leitner against Kentucky, Correct. and this year I have in my game there Duke v Kentucky once again with Cal running circles around John Shire and going to the Final Four. All right, let's go next. Here we go. Look on your screen. You've got Alabama, Maryland. You talked about Charleston and Virginia. You've got NC State in a win over Creighton. We'll get to that one in a minute. Then Baylor. Utah State in another upset against Arizona. 
But then yes. you go Alabama, Charleston to beat Virginia. I'm going to ask you about a couple of these games in particular in a minute. You ultimately get to Baylor v. Arizona. Arizona winning Alabama, most people feel, is the best team. I want to ask you about two games in particular. Uh, All right. What makes you think that Charleston can make it to the Sweet 16? Well, I think I think San Diego State probably will overlook them um, because San Diego State's had a marvelous season. Uh, I, I I think people say, well, College Charleston, they're 31-3, and three, but they're at the College of Charleston. And, and I think that will be the attitude they take. Uh, I, I, don't, I think they'll win that game in an upset. And then you want to go into the next game? I mean, them beating Virginia? I think we lost him here for a minute. Did we there I am. Him? There you are. Okay, go ahead. What were you yeah, saying? I said, uh, you want to go on to the, uh, the uh, Charleston-Virginia game? Yeah, yeah. I want to go why you have Charleston. Why you? Okay, you said, yeah. So you think they're going to beat Virginia after beating San Diego State? Let me, tell, let me tell you what worries me about Virginia. We saw that a number of times during the year. Uh, I'll give them credit what credit is due. They play defense as good as anybody around. Uh, they, can, they can put on a clinic defensively. But in the event that those guards are not making their shots and they fall behind, they have a very, very difficult time coming back against somebody. If somebody, whoever that somebody is, builds up an eight to 10 point lead, Virginia has a tough time coming back because they have a hard, if they have to get out of their set, their half court sets, then they're in deep trouble. And I just don't think Virginia is going to be able to shoot the ball as well uh, on a consistent basis. I, they, to me, I had some guys say to me, they, they are a contender for the Final Four. If they, if they make the Final Four, that'll be because of divine intervention, because I don't think they're good enough uh, to have a run that would enable them to get to the Final Four in the tournament. And I think Charleston's a team that shoots the ball well. Uh, I, I know you go, everybody wants to go back to all these, these, uh, these mid-majors and say, well, you know, they didn't play the same schedule. I don't think that makes any difference once for, when you get into the tournament, you get a team that's had a great year like the College of Charleston has, and they want to run off 31 wins in 34 games. They are very capable uh, of, of doing uh, what I think they will do in this tournament. So I, don't, I, I have no reluctance at all to, to cast my lot in an upset mode, uh, picking Charleston uh, to win the, the two games that I've got them down to win. Okay, the other game I want to ask you about in this bracket is a lot of people are high on Creighton. I mean, Paul is, you know, and, and my son has Creighton going to the Final Four. I've said to Paul well, yeah. all year long, I think they're overrated, um, yep. way overrated. Uh, for them, I, 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 I but I, like I said, I, I might be wrong. I don't have a crystal ball. You don't either. Paul doesn't. Casey doesn't. Nobody does. But you have no. NC State beating Creighton in the first game. Why? You know, uh, NC State probably had the best pair of guards in the Atlantic Coast Conference. Again, we go back to the fact that the conference was not nearly as good uh, as it normally is. But their guards can really play. And I just think that they're going to come in against Creighton and make shots and, and, and do heroic things that they did when they were pulling off big wins over the course of the season. And I think they'll beat Creighton. I really do. Okay. 
All right, so no surprise, though. You have the top two seeds getting all the way to the final game there. Uh, Arizona's got some injury issues. Alabama, I think, without a doubt, is the best team. All right, let's go now. Can I, can I say something here? Yes, please. I would have picked Houston to win the whole thing because I think when they're healthy, they're the best team in the college basketball. Marcus Sasser is hurt. Nobody is talking about how badly that growing injury is. And when they're not talking about it, that sends up a red flag to me. And I know there's been speculation that he could be out two weeks. I think they rated a great, if it's a grade four growing injury, he could be sidelined for four months. So that fact and that fact alone is a reason why I did not pick Houston to go all the way and win the whole thing. Okay. All right. Well, let's get to their bracket because they're next up, right? Okay. Here yep. we go. You got Houston and then Houston and then Houston getting all the way to the regional final. Uh, yeah, Auburn, little, go ahead. I'm a little – if, if I had a do-over, um, and I do have a do-over, let's yes, make sure do. we understand because all that stuff hadn't started yet. Right. But okay. as of the moment, if I'm not going to pick them to win the national championship – which was in my heart before the Sasser in injury, then I don't know why in the world I'd pick them to beat Auburn to, uh, to and to beat Miami before Texas gets them. I don't know why I'd do that. Well, I, so I, I, still, I, think, I still think without Sasser, they're better than both of those teams. But that's my opinion. Okay. All right, right well, let's put that back bad. up because uh, here we go now. I mean, you've got Kent State. I think they play great basketball in the MAC. I think it's the single most underrated conference in the country in basketball. You've got Kent beating Indiana. Yeah. You know, Indiana, they, they're so up and down. And when they're down, they are really bad. And and I just don't think that uh, – I think Kent State's going to come in there with a lot of pee and vinegar and, 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 and trying to uphold uh, their feeling about the Mid-American Conference when a lot of people don't have that same opinion. Uh, and I think they'll come in there and they'll play well. They'll play loose. And I think they'll beat Indiana straight up. Okay. And then you have Iowa State over Pitt. We know Pitt, after winning last night, will be there. You have Nice Zayn win for Jeff Capel last State. night. Yes, it was. But then you have Iowa State out of the Big 12 beating Xavier and advancing on to the Sweet 16. Why? I don't know. I roll the dice on that one. Well, I don't think I, it's you a know, I watch Xavier. Huh? I don't think it's a big roll of the dice. Iowa State was ranked in the top 10 almost a whole year long. I know they sputtered a little bit near the end, but, I mean, they're in the Big Big 12, best conference. I mean, they've smashed some big-time teams this year. Well, there, there, there you go. I picked Iowa State. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, put that back up. So you eventually, you think, all right, now let me ask you this. If you had, yes. and you still have a, a, a hiccup here because the tournament is not started, started. So, right. but, I went but, two and zero oh last night, by the way. Okay, if you had to, if you had to change the two teams in the regional final, who it, it, you just take Houston out, pick somebody else, but you still have Texas, you believe better than the rest of the field, right? On that part of the bracket, Houston. I mean, Texas yes. going to the final four. Yes, I do. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I like right. Texas. I really like Texas. Okay. And I, uh, you know, are we, are we getting yet to, to who I picked to win the whole thing? We're not getting there yet because we got one more bracket to go. 
So just sit All tight right. here. You're, you're, you're never known as a patient guy. I've, I've got to answer my pants, big boy. I've known Let's that go. 59 years. Nobody better than me. All right. Uh, <laughs> Illinois, you have uh, – that, that's a flip of the coin, 8-9 game. VCU, I'm with you on this one over St. Mary's. Uh, I, I'm not buying St. Mary's. A lot of people are. Uh, you watch a little bit of VCU, not a lot, but you just a gut feel on that one? Yeah, and you know what? I really – and I don't know why I do. I, I, I really pay attention. You don't watch a lot of West Coast basketball uh, over the course of a season, year in and year out. And then, uh, but there are certain games for me when, when Gonzaga plays St. Mary's, that's a game that always has great appeal for me. And I think St. Mary's, uh, you know, they're underrated because they're playing in the shadow of Gonzaga in that conference. Uh, they've had an outstanding year and it's not like they haven't had good years in the past. They have. But the last number of years, because of the dominance of Gonzaga, they just overshade, overshadow them. And I really believe St. Saint, uh, Saint Saint Mary's is going to beat BCU in the, in the opening game. All right, by the way, I misspoke. Thank you, uh, player formerly known as Mouse Cop. The highest Iowa State got was 11th. Okay, so I was yeah, – That's I was still pretty good. Off. Yeah, it's still pretty good. Um, all right, the, the bottom of the bracket is where I think is the most interesting bottom four – uh, uh, or, or bottom half of any bracket here. I think it's the most loaded bottom half of a bracket there is in the tournament. You've got TCU, which people, I mean, TCU's a good team. They got a nice um, team now. They lost their big man. They're up and down. When they're up, they're really good. When they're down, not so good. Then Gonzaga, mm-hmm. who's playing great, but who have they beat? I mean, who have they beat? Then you got Boise State knocking off Northwestern. You got UCLA. For me, I think the most interesting game in this tournament might be the potential matchup, you have it and I have it, of Gonzaga against UCLA. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. But you have Gonzaga winning that game over Mick Cronin's UCLA Bruins. Yeah. Who's Gonzaga beat? They didn't beat anybody to speak of. Uh, who'd they beat back in uh, December or well, November? They beat, they, some, beat? they beat some decent. They beat Xavier, I think, back in early part yeah. of the year. But again, right, right, Paul? They beat they beat Xavier, but, I mean, they beat Kentucky by 16. But in the non-conference, they lost. They got blown out by Texas, blown out by Purdue, lost by one to Baylor. They did beat Alabama by 10. See, it's a hard team to read. Uh, just like Paul said, you name the teams they got blown out by or the teams that they lost to, and then they beat Alabama by 10. So you, you're going to have to reason and balance out that whole sentence that Paul just said, which is a valid point. Uh, you, you might say, well, okay, which Gonzaga team is going to show up? Well, the team that usually shows up is a team that's going to beat your butt. Um, and so I'm not so concerned about uh, who they played. Uh, and the conference that they play in, because I think maybe the only two teams in that conference that were of any significant merit were uh, themselves and St. Mary's. Yeah. Uh, but I, I just think I, I am a big Mark Few fan. I am a huge Mark Few fan. And I, I just think that they, one. well, that's what's been their pattern in the past. I don't disagree, I don't disagree with anything you say. But I just think I have a feeling they're going to win the whole thing. And they're going to beat UCLA. All right. And we'll hit Mick Cronin. 
Mick will be crying again. Mick will be Mick will find some reason to cry, and 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 blame the use in NCAA because they weren't a, a number one seed. Um, but I think uh, I think boy, I mean I think Gonzaga will beat them. Yes. I okay. Do. So here is your final four. You have Alabama yep. v. Du Bois. You just can't get rid of that ACC stuff. You've just got to sit there and ride that train <laughs> all the way to the last outpost. You got yes, them sir. playing against. You have Alabama, Duke, Texas, Gonzaga. You have Duke v. Gonzaga, and for the first time in Mark Few's great coaching career, Gonzaga will cut down the nets in Houston, Texas. You think Duke's going to beat Alabama? I mean, yeah. come on. Yes, I do. I do. Yes, I do. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. <laughs> yeah. Don't ask me who my final four is. I can't even remember. I filled it out last night. When, when I first dialed you guys up, I heard you were talking. Who cares about Tennessee? They stink. They don't stink. They, if they stink. If they weren't hurt, that's a legitimate final four team. They stink. They ain't a Final Four team if they got Bill Russell playing in the middle with them. <laughs> Good Lord. You're showing your age, Dad. When you start dropping Bill Russell's on us. I That's mean, if right. If you said Shaquille O'Neal or somebody, there might be a few people watching that uh, would agree. But you drop a Bill Russell on us. Look him up. Look him up if they don't know who it is. Tennessee stinks. Who's your, who's your, who's your final four? I'm trying to remember. I think I had, uh, I think I had uh, Alabama. Here it is. Alabama. Cal in the big blue. I got Houston and UCLA. And I have Alabama beating UCLA in the national championship game, which we'll get to that. Our side of the brackets in a moment. Paul, who is your final four? Casey, can you put them up? Yep. This is mine. I have Alabama and Houston. I just think too many too many stars are aligning for Houston here. Uh, I've heard too, mu too much about Marcus Sasser that he's going to be okay to play. They may hold him out against Northern Kentucky. I wouldn't risk him there either if I'm Houston. Maybe hold him out until, sun uh, until uh, Saturday. But with Nance calling his last Final Four this year. He's a Houston guy. The Final Four is in Houston. Houston has the experience. They have the NBA talent. They have the the they the, they got it. They got it. And uh, so I'm going to take Houston here. All right, Paul. You can I add a little? Can I add a piece of advice here to you? All right. Yes. <laughs> there's, there's no room for sentiment here. Nobody gives a damn about where Jim right or Jim Nance went to school. <laughs> Nobody cared that he played on the golf team there with Fred Couples. Nobody cares that the game is in Houston. Nobody cares about that. Well, Paul does. And I'm not going to sit here. Paul knows more about He's forgotten more college basketball than I'll ever know. Casey, your well, final I'll four. Casey. Yeah, my final four. I got Alabama yes. winning the whole thing. Uh, I actually have Houston – just to spoil that side of the bracket, I have them losing round one to NKU. I think Are that you injury. Kidding me? That's his oh, alma mater. Hey, that's, that's his alma mater. Come on. Come on. Go ahead, Casey. Who else that's you got in there? Yeah. And, and I think Texas cleans up the rest of that bracket. 
if you still There's gone. no room for sentiment in here. I don't care where you went to school. No, I used I to pick against Carolina all the time. I genuinely I genuinely believe oh my that God. NKU can beat them. If Seltzer is gone. I watched them. Okay. Sasser, Seltzer, whatever. Seltzer. You can have a Seltzer mix with something. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, they are, they've proven that they can potentially lose to a UC team. NKU's better than UC. I think the logic is somewhat there. Transitive property, Marty. Dial them up. NKU is going to get it done. You just watch. that would be something. I would be I would be thrilled if that happened. I just can't imagine it's going to happen. We yeah. have a guy in the chat that says Chad says Calipari stinks in capital letters. <laughs> who said that? Uh, who in the chat Chad said Wakes. that? Yeah, Chad. He said Calipari stinks. Well, that's not very nice. It's not very nice. And, they, you know, there's some dark, as we know, when you start getting on the Internet, you'll get some people that are dark. We're going on location tomorrow at Buffalo Wings and Rings. Is there any chance you'll leave the sunny confines of uh, Goodyear, Arizona, and make it over to Buffalo Wings and Rings for our live show to kick off the tournament tomorrow? I don't think so. No. Um, I, uh, I saw the ad. And all those stars that you've got showing up. Yeah. Um, and so what do you plan? What do you all plan on doing after you get there? Well, we're going to get over there and we're actually doing this show live from there. We've invited a lot of people who join us on the chat and watch the show, download the show, podcast, whatever, to come over and join us if they're able. Even if it's just a lunch break from work, swing on by. Uh, Is right Tracy coming? Uh, I don't know. Uh, we've invited him to come. And so we're waiting to find out. Do you, If you were a betting man, would you bet that he would leave Bellevue, Kentucky, and make his way all the way up to Liberty Township? He doesn't know how to get up to Liberty Township. <laughs> he ain't coming. I don't know about that. Would that would be nice. Huh? I don't know about that. He said he was going to send I mean? his double. He said he has a body double uh, that he sends out in public a lot. Uh, but yeah. he has a standing agreement when he goes places. He said if he sent his body double out, correct me if I'm wrong, Casey Paul, on this, but I think his words were uh, it, 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 if the body double comes out, no eye contact, uh, please keep your head down, you know, uh, no, no handshaking, no autographs, stuff yeah. like that. Well, the, you'll know whether it's a body double or not by the way he handles himself. And he really knows a lot about college basketball, too. <laughs> well, we're about to find out, maybe. Hey, bye-bye. Before I let you go, I was saying to these guys, uh, it's rare to find a spring training game that – I don't know if you went last night or not. It's rare to find a spring training game where it's actually a good game. Last night was actually a good game. You had Hunter Green, Zach Greinke, good, solid, competitive game. Both of those guys pitch really well. Hunter Green looks pretty sharp so far this spring. Well, he got hit around the first couple of times yeah. he went out, which yeah. means absolutely nothing. Um, but he – I didn't go last night, but apparently I talked to some folks that came, that saw the game and were very impressed with the way he threw. I think he struck out seven batters, and and he is he's definitely on schedule in terms of being ready when the season gets underway. And that's obviously the thing that they're most concerned about um, – you know, because he's going to pitch opening day. Let me say this, and we we saw, a man and I went out 
we've seen a couple of games since we've been here. We're going to go see them play the Cubs tonight. You know, weather permitting, it's raining right here right now. Um, this kid that uh, they just sent out yesterday, uh, Christian uh, Encarnacion Strand, yep. he hit three balls as hard as I've ever seen a baseball player hit three balls in one game. He hit a three-run home run on the first pitch in the first inning. He hit a line drive off the wall in center that didn't get any higher than maybe 12 feet. And the center fielder had no time to react other than turn around and watch it hit the wall. And then his last time up, he hit a, he just missed a ball and he hit a fly ball that caught on the warning track up against a wall, a fence in left center field. This kid has got a chance if he continues, and his biggest liability now is the defensive part of the game. He's got a chance because he can really hit. He's as good-looking a young hitter as I, I cannot remember ever seeing anyone better than him uh, on a first-time look. So just remember, this kid's got a chance, and if he can improve defensively, I would not be surprised if he weren't back up with this club sometime during the season. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people are wondering why they might not think about taking him to start the season if if there's That's a chance that, that Votto, well, yeah, I mean, if there's a chance, and we don't know yet about Votto, he's back playing in some games. We don't know if he's going to be ready come opening day. Uh, you know, the thing that goes against him, uh, Encarnacion Strand, he's a right-handed batter. And on games right. where Stevenson doesn't catch, maybe he plays That's first, right. maybe he DHs, and maybe Will Myers comes in to play first base as another right-handed batter, so maybe that's why he's here. And by the way, uh, Chad, who made the comment a moment ago about Cal, he says, Marty, I helped you out a number of times at AT&T. He knows that I am a really nice guy and would say so if he saw me again. He said, I sold him a phone. I'll leave the name out. He said he didn't yes, like he did. it at all. He said he returned it, and we had a very nice relationship dealing with a phone. So there you have it. Well, I, I, stand, I still don't answer the question about why he thinks Cal's a bad guy. Okay. Sir Boy Wonder says Marty needs to be on the Oral Roberts train, which you're clearly not. I see that at the bottom of the screen. Why should I be at the, on the Oral Roberts train? Well, I, mean, I wasn't even a fan Wait of Wait a minute now. Hold on, hold on. You went to bed for Charleston talking about it doesn't matter their conference. They win 31 no, out of that's 34. Right. Oral Roberts, that's right. every bit is good from a record standpoint. You're just I wasn't a fan Pat of Kelsey Oral Roberts. Fan. Oh, I'm a big Pat Kelsey fan. Well, a lot of people should be. Big Pat Cincinnati Kelsey proud. fan. Yes, yes. Yes, sir. I think I – think, the guys, well, I, I could go on and on about Pat Kelsey. I just think he's an outstanding coach. He's a good guy. Yep. Uh, he's everything that you pull for. Yep. He is. He is. I've met his family many, many times. Met him a couple times, but his family in right. town, they're the best. And, yep, yep, we wish him well. All right, we wish you well. We thank you for taking thank the time you, you to too. fill out the bracket. And, uh uh, try to dodge the rain in Arizona. It's a beautiful day here in Hamilton, Ohio. Not a cloud in the sky. Temperatures getting up to 50s, and we're counting down the days. We're three days away from the opener of Marymount Lacrosse Saturday. Dialed in. Has he got his game face on? He'll be ready to go. Okay. He'll be ready to go. All right. We all love right. you. Have a good rest of your day. Love you too. You all, all take right. care. All right. Be you. good. All Sorry. right. So there you have it, boys. Uh, the Hall of Famers Final Four. We still have two regions left. I know we do. I know we do. So let's get at it. 
Let's go. All right. Where are we going now? Let's go to the uh Let's go Midwest. to the Let's go to the Midwest. All right, let's go to the Midwest. Okay. Tom. I have. Let's start with uh Houston, number one seed. Uh, I, I got Iowa winning over Auburn. I got Miami. I got Indiana. Uh, Kent State. I, I would not be surprised. So I'm with my dad on that one. Uh, I would not be surprised because Indiana, boy, you talk about a team when they're bad. He's right. They are really bad. Iowa State winning. Xavier winning. Penn State I have over A&M. Texas. Go to the next round. I got uh, Houston beating Iowa. Miami beating Indiana. Paul, cover your eyes. I have Iowa State beating Xavier. I have Penn State losing to Texas. Iowa State this year played extraordinarily well against Texas, even though Iowa State stumbled down the stretch. I have Iowa State beating Texas and Houston over Iowa State to the Final Four. Men, what's next? All right, flip, uh, flip it on up there, Casey. All right, so I got Houston. Oh. <laughs> I I don't see. Uh, so I got Houston here at the top. I think Drake beats Miami. Miami has uh, injury issues right now. I think Drake beats Miami. Uh, something to keep in mind for everybody, Tom. I know you talk a lot about the 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 five and twelve matchup. Since the tournament expanded in 1985, only five times has a twelve not beaten a five. So only five times have the fives swept the 12s. That was in 1988, 2000, 2007, wow. 2015, and 2018. In fact, in 2019, three 12 seeds won. Um, it's just the way that the tournament sets up. They're the best mid-major teams because those are the first teams in the field. Uh, when you get to that 12 line, those are the best mid-majors that won their conference tournaments. And usually the five line is kind of that middle of the road, high major team. Uh, so I'm going to take Drake there over Miami. Okay. I would not be shocked at all if Drake got to the Sweet 16 if Kent State beat Indiana. Okay. Um, I, I So that's why I, I – Yeah, I don't think that Drake beating Kent State would be a shocker. No, Drake, no. And I, I would not be shocked if Kent State beat Indiana. I just think that Kent State is everybody's pick. So I, I, I'm zagging there a little bit on that one. There, there are a few of these that I might go back, kind of like what Jay Morrison was saying. When you go back later in the night, you look at some of the betting lines and you look at however, how things are trending, last-minute injury issues, things like that. I may tweak this a little bit before tip-off tomorrow. But just in general, I, I feel fairly decent about where this is at. Um, I have Iowa State, but I may actually go back and take a look at that. I did this last night uh, during the first four games. I may go back and take a look at that and pick Pittsburgh okay. over Iowa State. Don't know yet, but I have Xavier getting out of that. I have Texas A&M. I think they are underseeded. They got underseeded because they didn't play anybody. Great coach. They didn't play anybody in the non-conference. Buzz Williams is a great coach. Xavier and Texas A&M played in the NIT final last year. Uh, for what it's worth, kind of a funny little underlying story there. I think Texas A&M, uh, in a renewal of the rivalry with the Longhorns, does get it done. I think Xavier matches up well with Texas A&M, 
which is why I would then have them winning in the Sweet 16. If Xavier was to play Texas in the Sweet 16, I think that is not a good matchup for Xavier. So if it was to get there, if you're just projecting it, I'm just saying if, if you're somebody yeah. that's if you're somebody that's picking Texas to the Sweet 16 with Xavier, I would probably pick Texas in that matchup, but I think Xavier is a better matchup with Texas A&M. That's why I'm going to pick them here. Um, but Texas is, you know, when you look at the teams that have given Xavier some trouble, you know, you can pencil Marcus Carr in for about 25 points there, and, and then Xavier would just have to hope that the, the rest of the team wasn't hitting shots. Uh, so that's the way my – You have Texas over the X-Men. No, no, no. I mean, I'm sorry. You have, uh, I you have, have Houston Xavier, over the X-Men. Forgive I, me. I have Houston over the X-Men into the Final Four. Um, I, I, I think that this is about as favorable of a draw as you can ask for for Xavier. Um, so I'm, I'll, I'll ride the train. Usually I, usually I zag the other way. Usually I'm somebody that picks Xavier out a round or two too early. Um, and so this year I'm going to take a shot at him. Okay. I'm going to take a shot. I'm and surprised to hear you say that it, maybe you're just talking about matchups, I'm assuming. But, I mean, I don't know how many teams would look at their path to getting to uh, a Sweet 16 and feel like it's good for them to play two teams, potentially two teams, from the Big 12 Conference. Well, I know, and I know you're talking matchups more here with Iowa State, their style of play. Yeah. I could see Xavier winning that game. I'm losing, but I could see him winning that game. Uh, you talked about Texas, even though you have not playing A&M. Um, and again, Texas, uh, look, they look great in the Big 12 tournament. Um, they laid some eggs this year, too. The thing that's interesting to me is Texas and Kansas, two teams this year. This didn't happen with Alabama. It didn't happen with Houston. It didn't happen with Purdue. Purdue lost some games they should have won this year, too. I'm against Indiana. They're better than Indiana, right? But they never laid an egg. Kansas and Texas laid major eggs this year. And here's the other one caveat to this bracket, too, Tom, is the reason I'm picking Texas A&M into the Sweet 16 as well is if you're going to pick a 15 seed to win, it's Colgate. Okay. I've heard that. I'm I've not, heard that. I'm not saying I'm not picking them to win. But again, this is where I go back I to understand. picking the bracket to say that you know you, you kind of advance teams based on where you think maybe they the the teams have been upset in the earlier rounds. I think Texas A&M is beating Texas or Colgate, whoever comes out of that game. Um, Penn State maybe has the best player down there in that bottom half of the region, uh, but uh, yeah, you know Colgate's a feisty team. The toothpaste. Go ahead, Casey. All right, Case, let's see yours, my man. Put him up there. Walk us through. All right. Besides got... that first game. Listen, I think there's a legitimate chance for NKU to you win. You know what? Oh, there man. are people that think NKU, because of their defense, that they could at least make it interesting. Most people they... are picking NKU to cover that yeah, spread. They will cover. Okay. I mean, it's 19 and a half points. I think they'll cover that one for sure. Okay. Um, I got Iowa winning against Auburn. I like Iowa's chances, especially if they get hot. I'm all over the Drake train here. Um, I just don't like the fact that Miami is really just tailed off here towards the end and they got an injury history, kind of what Paul was saying earlier. The popular upset pick with Kent State and Indiana, I might go back and change this one. I've just heard it too many times now. I've seen it too many times to feel comfortable about it. Uh, Casey, you might go you, back and change. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Kent State is that what you're if saying? If you're gonna pick Northern Kentucky over Houston, 
Yeah. You should feel great about Kent State over Indiana. I mean, I it's your just top part of the bracket, Casey, is blown out of the gym here. I mean, go ahead. I I'm just saying that everyone's picking Kent State to upset Indiana. No one's picking Northern Kentucky to upset Houston. Regardless, that's not why I picked them. I I do agree with why everyone's picking Kent State to upset them. I think Indiana is very up and down. Kent State is underrated. But moving on, Iowa State. I think they get it done. I think I think uh, even without their third best player, is that what you told me? Their third yeah, best Caleb guy. Caleb Grill got kicked off the team. Yeah, I think I think they get it done. What here. was he kicked off the team for? Did it I say? Don't know. I don't know. I mean, whatever it is. Are you kidding me? If you're a teammate of his, I you, mean, you, you got to be pissed. Oh, I mean, royally chap, no doubt. Casey, forgive me. No, you're okay. Uh, Xavier getting it done the first round. Penn State. That's my one upset here. That um, I like Penn State a lot. I like what they did in the Big Ten. Yeah. Um, underrated, in my opinion. But then Iowa obviously beats Northern Kentucky. I think if they if the reason I'm picking Iowa here at all is because I think they're going to get hot. There are a lot of people and, that like Iowa, and if they get hot throughout this tournament, I mean, you every team better watch out because they can score. Yes, they score, can score. So. That's why I got Iowa winning, um, and that's why, in kind of the mindset that if Houston were to lose to any of the teams in that bracket, that part of the bracket, I think it would be Iowa. I'm with you all the way. I don't think I, it would Miami's be close not going to beat them. Yeah, I don't think Miami can do it. I don't think Auburn can do it. Indiana might be the only other one, no. but again, up and down. No. I'm picking my spot there for the upset in Kent State. Then we look at Iowa State versus Xavier. I had my draft initially Xavier losing to Iowa State here. That was before I knew about that guy uh, being kicked off the team. So I'm just expecting that, that one to be a close game. But I think pound for pound, Xavier can outscore. And in this tournament, we all know that offense is king. So got them moving on. Unfortunately, I don't think Penn State's uh, road here uh, goes well. I, I really like Texas a lot. I think they might be the best Big 12 team. I know what Kansas, what they did, but Texas just made them look silly. And I I don't know, guys. I, I really like Texas a lot. I think it's going to be a close game, Xavier and Texas. I think that's honestly the – God, that'd the, be that, an awesome that, game. I think that's – Texas and Xavier would be a great game. Yep. And then I think they get it done against Iowa. I think Iowa just kind of tails off here at the end of the bracket. Okay, so now we go to our final four and, and how we see it playing out. We're done with the brackets here. It, it, are, something, are we? No, no, I think we, we got one more. Oh, we got one more bracket. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay, we got one more bracket to go. Yep. Okay, because I was just getting ready to say, we haven't talked about Kansas at all. Well, there's a reason yep. why. They're in the next bracket. All right. Um, I got Kansas winning. I have Illinois beating Arkansas. I got VCU. Uh, that's my only upset of a 12-5 game. I'm not a big St. Mary's guy. UConn. TCU, Gonzaga. Northwestern I have beating Boise State. And the Bruins of UCLA. Gonzaga, UCLA. Kansas, UConn. I like the Bruins over Gonzaga. I like the Bruins to beat Kansas and march on for Mick Cronin.
to the Final Four, second time for Mick in three years at UCLA. So I really like their chances. I'd pick them to win the whole thing if uh, Jalen Clark was playing. So you got no major upsets except for St. Mary's on that. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, you know, look, I, I, I think a lot of people, even though the seeding is 2-3, I think a lot of people, um, I could see TCU beating Gonzaga. Right day, right time, right game. TCU's played the best all year long in the Big 12, and they've beaten some of the best. I mean, they went to Kansas and beat them by 30 in Lawrence. They can beat anybody, anytime. Gonzaga's playing good basketball. I could see TCU beating Gonzaga. A lot of people think Gonzaga is so hot right now that they would be a favorite. If there was a line tomorrow, Gonzaga against UCLA, who would be the favorite in that game, Paul? Gonzaga? Oh. Or would that be a pick em? Oh, man. I don't know what the line would be in that game. Okay, Probably. but you know what I'm saying. There's some It'd people that would say Gonzaga would be a favorite there. Probably, yeah. Okay, so yeah, UCLA. I, I think so. All right, yeah. go ahead. Who's next? Paul, you're next. I got So I got UCLA to the Final Four. All right. The Big East has underperformed damn near every year in the last six years. I say that this year is the year that they uh, perform up to what expectations should be for this conference. Kansas uh, through to the Sweet 16. Danny Hurley has yet to win an NCAA tournament game at UConn. UConn has struggled in the NCAA tournament the last few years. I say they get it done here. I, I'm kind of zagging on the St. Mary's thing as my 12-5. But either way, even if VCU wins, I think UConn wins that game next. The A-10 was so bad this year. Uh, they were so bad. So, so, so bad. Um, TCU... Sure, but Gonzaga beats them. I don't really see a ton here that gives me like a lot of pause until yeah. you get later into the into You have the UConn beating Kansas. I would not be shocked if Arkansas beat Kansas. So I'll give Kansas one more Ooh. round because I think Kansas beats Illinois. Wow. But if but if but if Arkansas doesn't you know, if, if Illinois doesn't get out of the first round, Arkansas wins that game. Um, I, I don't know. Kansas, it's so hard to repeat in college basketball. It hasn't been done since Florida back in the early or the mid 2000s. Um, I'll say UConn it, because here's the thing. If UConn plays the way they did back in November and then in the middle part of February, they're going to the final four. If they don't, if they play like they did in the early part of February, I mean, they're losing to Rick Patino. I own it. One. So be his last game there, Rick Patino. St. John's. All right, Casey, you ready? Paul's yep. got the Zags to the final four. Yeah, I uh my final is boring, I think. I got Mick Cronin ended up going to the final four because I just don't want to hear him complain. Um then Well, you guys you know, are tough. I think you guys are tough. What he said is valid. I lived out there. I've lived it. I know it. It's a fact. There is a bias, including me now being in the Eastern time zone again. There is a bias to West Coast teams in every sport except the NFL. Please continue. Anyways, I have been listening to the show and listening to Rebound Rundown a lot about um, Big East and whatnot. And I, I really like UConn's chances against Kansas. I just don't think Kansas Kansas plays really well in big moments 
in my opinion, at least from what I've seen they in, do. in their history. They do. So I think they That's why get, they're Kansas. Yeah. But in the end, I think when it comes down to the Elite Eight, I think uh, a, a team, UCLA, that could have been a first seed – and Kansas sometimes has stubbed its toe here this season. I think that's where I picked them to to, to get the upset here. Um, I know the rest of the bracket's relatively boring, but this this was just really a case of this part of the bracket being stacked. Like Gonzaga, UCLA, I think those are both really good teams. UConn's a really good team. Kansas, I just don't see how any of those teams can get upset here. And that's why I got those four in the Sweet 16. Um, and it was really tough to choose between uh, UCLA and Gonzaga. Yep. I really think that's going to be the best game in a tournament. I've said it since the bracket came out. Toughest game to pick. Paul picked the Zags. You and I picked UCLA. Yep. All right, so now we put up our final four and crown a national champion. Yep. Are we ready? Yep. Here's my final four. Alabama v. Kentucky. Houston v. UCLA. Alabama v. UCLA in the title game. Alabama's the best team. They're going to win it all. Paul? I have Bama, Marquette, Houston, and Gonzaga. Uh, wait a second. I think I picked – oh, yeah, I see. Uh, I picked Houston. 77-70. to Okay. Yeah. You're not I, worried about the injury to Sasser? No, no. Okay. To Seltzer? Or his friends call him Seltzer. We're, we're not that tight with the kid. Uh, I, uh, yeah, I just, Alabama's really good. I wanted to, I think I want to go back and change a little bit of this just after the discussions today. Um, but I honestly, I don't see Alabama not making it to the national championship. I think that that part of the bracket's fine. Okay. Alabama got a fantastic road, Casey. Yeah, so that's smart. I mean, I think, yeah, it's just really tough. And if Kansas State made it there. I think the Big 12 is really good, right? I think it is the best division, or it's the best conference in all of basketball. But a lot of these teams, it's really hard to tell if they're good consistently or they go up point. and down because they lose to each other and they're good teams, but we don't know if they're elite teams. Alabama is an elite team. Houston yeah. is an elite team. Like there, There's these teams that I just have a really tough time trying to figure out where they really stand because I think they're you can place them anywhere in the top ten. But yeah, I've got Texas going to to Houston and um, them end up losing to Alabama. You know, one of the things, Casey, when you're looking at a bracket and you're building a bracket out like this and you're looking at games when it comes down to crunch time and, and clutch moments, one of the things I always look at is who has the best player on the floor, right? Who has a player that when push comes to shove, when the game means something, when there's 10 seconds left and you got to make a play, who on the court is going to make that play? Brandon Miller is that guy for Alabama. He is that guy to get you through this region. I think Alabama was rewarded in a very good way for this region and, and for what they were able to do. Um, here this season, they had such a, such a good season overall. And I think they were rightfully rewarded, um, for being able to run through the sec the way that they did. And now, um, now it's all about just getting to the point where 
do you win the games when it matters? And I think we judge the NCAA tournament. We judge these coaches. We judge the product. And, and for college basketball fans, you know, we've seen the whole season. But for those of for those of you that are watching that, you know, are just turning on the sport now and are going to sit down on Thursday and enjoy the games all day, that's fine. All the power to you. It's no big deal. We'd love to have you. It's it's a great time. Um but I think that it's it's sometimes tough when you have a season like Alabama to then come back and say, oh, you know, if they if they lost in the first round or they're not losing the first round, but if they lost in the first weekend, lost quickly. Um, I just think that Alabama has the best player on the floor. They had the best player in that region, and now here we are uh, to pick them as the national champion. I would not be shocked. Um, Bama over. I see Everett saying Bama over Texas. Again, that goes back to what I was saying earlier about Texas playing some of the best basketball in the country right now. Um, I think this is going to be a very fun tournament. Here's what I'm looking forward to, Tom. I'll tell you this right now. Yeah. I am looking forward to the fact that I have watched four to six hours of college basketball every night. Yes, you have. For the last five months. Yep. And coming in in the bottom third of this bracket group. There is no doubt. There is no doubt. When you, you know, it's just always a soul crusher when you get that story on the Today Show and it's, oh, you know, little Susie, the seven year old who picked every game based on the mascots. We sit here, we grind well, away. There's a reason why, more than the NFL, more than baseball, more than um, uh, college football, it, 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 it's the one area where the NCAA tournament, the reason it captivates everybody from coast to coast, even if you don't spend four or six hours watching college basketball every night, because really at the end of the day, and I'm not going to see that cliche, anybody can beat anybody, because that's not true. Not anybody can beat it. But this year's tournament is so wide open. And to Casey's point, which I think is a great point, is the fact that when you look at Kansas and Texas, and I said this earlier, but I, this to me uh, sort of uh, is the prime example of what are you going to get? I look at Kansas more than anybody else, and I say to myself, what, what are they? I know they've been number one or number two or four or five all year, but they, they have laid so many eggs when they get beat this year. And could that happen to them in this tournament? Yeah. My gut tells me no, because they're Kansas. But, I mean, they have been humiliated by teams this year. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, years past, you didn't see North Carolina or Duke or Gonzaga or Michigan State or Kentucky. You know, yeah, Kentucky might have a bump in the road against some small school. But they wouldn't play somebody who's pretty good and get beat by 30. Yeah. That's happened to Kansas this year. No, you're you're exactly right. And that's why I think going into this tournament and looking at it, you know, I, I filled out the bracket. And again, you can join the Chatterbox Sports Bracket group. We don't have the link in the chat right now, but if you go to the ESPN Tournament Challenge, just search Chatterbox Sports. You'll get in the group. I don't know what the prize is yet. I th we're going to have something. But um, just search Chatterbox Sports. You're in the group. Um, we're all in there. All of our brackets are – I think Tom's bracket's going to get added in there if we can. Uh, but uh, it's in there. And we'll have some fun. Who knows? 
My bracket could be dead by 7 o'clock on Thursday, and if it is, so be it. We enjoy the rest of the tournament. It's a lot of fun. Uh, we try our best to fill these things out and, and, and give you guys some things to think about. I, here's a couple of things. Just overall, some things to think about again. The 12-5 seed, it happens almost every year, even though you think it might not. Um, if, if you're looking at just matchups, look for the teams that have the best player, a dynamic playmaker. Um, look for the teams that can score the ball effectively. If you're looking at a team like Baylor, they can score a lot. They have trouble defending. So now then you look at a team like Creighton that's more balanced on both sides of the ball. Um, you know, just, just some of those like thing, key things to look at. And again, who is playing their best basketball down the stretch? Is there a team like Purdue that has been such a good team all year, but they've faltered a little bit here yep. down the stretch? I know they won the Big Ten title, but they lost some games heading into the Big Ten tournament. You want to be picking teams that are playing their best right now. Um, and those teams, you know, at the top of that list include Texas, Gonzaga, UConn, uh, teams like that. So those are some overall things to think about. I can't wait. It's the best, my favorite weekend of the year, absolutely, and uh, it should be a good time. And you are on your way out of town tomorrow. Yeah, actually, today. I'm leaving. Today, I'm sorry. You're yeah. driving down. I'm leaving as soon as the shows are over today. I'm driving down to Greensboro. Uh, Xavier and Providence are down there. Um, so I'll not be at the live show tomorrow. I will call in on Friday. But I, all of you guys, I, I know the rumor is Tracy Jones is going to be there. So please, please, please come out to Wings and Rings um, off of 747 over there in, in uh, Liberty Township. All right, let, let me just ask you one question before we get to our um, uh, cherry on top and we get to box lunch. Are you going down there working for the Big East? Yes. All right, then can you please explain something to me that I asked you earlier? What? You've had an automobile you've been driving oh, that God. has had some issues. Yeah. Okay? I mean, you've basically been told that every time you get in it, there's a chance that wherever you're going, yeah. it may not make it. Yeah. So you're working for the Big East Conference. Yeah. Which just swims in cash. Okay. All right. Now, yeah. you mean to tell me they can't rent you a car to drive down there? What kind oh, of operation they, they running no, down there? No, no they, they did. They offered. I'm, dri I'm driving. I, I'm sticking with it. They offered. Right, it, Reed? That's a legitimate question. They, it's a safety hazard. I don't want Paul to be stuck in the middle. I don't either. Of the Appalachian Mountains. Well, Jack I'd like to get stuck down. Jackie's broken down. Mountains. Yeah, no, no, they, they did offer. They actually offered to fly me, too, but it was only like an extra 90 minutes to drive. No, that part and, of it I get. Both teams, but once but you decided to say, you, cash, you know, I'd rather you? drive, right? Swing down to the local fill-in-the-blank. I, I think I've known what it, They offered Paul a travel stipend. He took the travel stipend, and now no. he's driving Jackie <laughs> himself. Yeah. That's 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 what happened here. I just Tom. I just didn't know with with prov you know if Providence beats Kentucky on Sunday or on Friday and then the the sessions have different times and things. I wasn't sure the travel schedule, so I just figured it was easier to drive. Um, but uh, well, I get that. I we'll, love we'll driving. I'm hoping I... Jackie hangs hangs in there for me. Uh, thousand miles round trip. We'll see. Okay. All right. We have a, a cherry on top, please. Uh, this was sent today. Is this what we're doing? The same thing I think we're doing? Oh, yeah. Hang on. I don't have it ready yet. That's my okay. Bad. Now, this is just as a backtrack. Our good friend who's done a lot of work for us at Chatterbox Sports, Ty Bradshaw. Oh, yeah. Right? He's the best. I mean, the best. What, what a great guy. He now is pretty much running the Joe Nuxall um, charity fund. 
which they do phenomenal job. Kids here in the area, uh, college scholarships, they built um, uh, the, um, God, why am I drawing a blank what you call them? It's not a field of dreams. What's Miracle it called? Miracle Fields? Yes, Miracle Fields here in the area. Yeah. Uh, the Joe Nuxall Foundation, along with a lot of sponsors of people up here uh, in and around the Hamilton area. Um, but Ty is the best. So apparently he was going through with Kim Nuxall. Uh, Kim and his uh, wife, Bonnie, actually run the whole thing. Ty's kind of their front man. But they were digging through a bunch of Joe Nuxall stuff. Now, how cool would that be, right? Start digging through some of Joe Nuxall's stuff, you know, yeah. going through mm -hmm. it all. And apparently they found this. We're this must be 1990 is my guess. Set the stage here because we're pulling it up. This is a game at Wrigley Field. We were making this video for my dad, we being my sister Dawn and me, uh, along with her ex-husband uh, Dave. She's very happily married now to Chris, thank the Lord above. But we made this video in the booth before a game <laughs> at Wrigley Field in Chicago. Please let it roll. It's a great occasion. We put a song together for you, and it goes a little something like this. It's a handsome man on the left. Been together for 20 years or so. Surviving players, coaches, managers too. Got two rings with the big red machine. Another in 90 sweeping Oakland's team. Call some great plays in your time. 41, 92 really blew your mind. Pretty yeah. good stuff. Hyping all the greats on the radio. Like Johnny and Pete and little Joe. Sparky, Doggy, and Sweet Lou. Chiefs of the Red Legs to name a few. Pro wrestlers and tomato tips. Let's go Kroger and dig those chips. To the Reds, this one does belong. Marty and Joe can do no wrong. Call him as you see him and you take no flack. Since you really love your yakety yak. Another 20 years you'll be around. Next stop gonna be Cooperstown. See ya. I mean, look, does it get any better than that? <laughs> oh my God. Can we get a remix? Can we get a remix of that? I, I see why Let's, Dave didn't make it. No on-screen presence there. You you and Don were carrying the way on that song. Yeah, left him in the dust. <laughs> God, that, I couldn't believe when Ty sent me that today. He asked me if he could tweet that out. I'm like, you do whatever you want with it. I don't care. He just said he stumbled across me. Could you imagine? I mean, that would be like right at the very bottom. But could you imagine all of the stuff going through Joe Nuxall and his stuff? <laughs> That would be unbelievable. That was made for Joe. Um, and AJ, I did not have any Budweiser's. That was right before a game. We taped that right before a game. So it was old style, not Budweiser. Everett says the most drip, Paul, that he's ever seen me mop buckets. That's the line of the day. Mop buckets. That's going to be my tournament brackets. Mop buckets. All right. <laughs> Time for um, huh, box lunch. Yep. Lead, how are we looking today? <laughs> looking great. 
Trace isn't here today. He had enough of yelling at me a couple days ago. His, his voice is a little hoarse, so it's just me on the me on the horse today. He's not on another vacation. No, he's not down at Disney World. He's getting he's gearing up for the tournament. He's getting that voice right for tomorrow when we go to Wings and Rings out there on 747. Should I'm excited fun. about this. Should be fun. I mean, I, I'm really excited about us getting out of the studio and getting out there and having a chance to meet a lot of you that watch this show, watch Paul's show, listen to Paul's college basketball podcast, not too picky, box lunch. Um, we're going to have a lot of folks out there tomorrow. But again, help me here now. They don't open their doors till 11, correct? Correct. Okay, but we're going to be on the air, we think, about 1030. Right, fellas? Yes. yes. Okay. Point. Paul, you'll be gone. Yes. Uh, so you can't meet Paul tomorrow. If you're coming out there to meet Paul, he will not, not be there. Any of your family coming, Casey? Uh, lure up? Uh, or your bride-to-be? Anybody coming? I don't know yet. They haven't decided yet because they don't want to come and and – not be able to talk to me because I'm swarming with all the fans that we're going to have to deal with. So see, this is going to be officially see Paul's had a little taste of this because of his work at Xavier, you know, and out there as a front man on the board, blah, blah, blah. Casey, this is really your first big time experience now as kind of an on air celebrity sort of guy. I mean, you go about your life, and, and, you know, there are people recognizing you. You admitted it a little bit more and more here and there. Right, Paul, what the hell are you laughing at? No, finish your point. I don't want to distract. But now you are stepping into, you know, areas where only guys like, you know, Tom Cruise and Denzel Washington and guys like that are walking in too. Paul, any thoughts before we get to No, Casey? you're right. I just – Casey – Keep your cool tomorrow. I'll have to keep my cool. And make sure when you are signing autographs yeah. that you ask for their name and you write their first name on That's there. That's right. So it's that always way, nice. Good point. Paul. Yeah. You add a nice little personal touch. And charge them like 15 bucks, right? That's exactly right, Casey. I can't let. Goes to the wedding. Wedding money. Oh, wedding money. Wedding, 20. wedding fun. Wedding 20. fun. All right. Casey, big day. Get a good night's sleep. Can't yeah. show up cranky. I will. You know, Mike Schmidt used to say all the time. You're nice to 10,000 people, right? Nobody says a word. You're a blankety-blank to one person, and everybody on the planet thinks you're a blankety-blank. Right? Yeah. So you can't show up tomorrow in some kind of shaky mood like you tend to from time to time. Don't drag <laughs> the Bengals' darkness into the room. Okay? Seven Bright and a half, eight. sunshine tomorrow, Kate. Casey and the ex-professionals showing up to Buffalo <laughs> Wings and Rings. All right, Paul, safe travels. Thank God, you, Tom. Godspeed ahead. I did just get word from, uh, from my parental unit that I may be taking a family car tomorrow. So that, That's probably very wise so, decision. So Jackie may be sitting on the sidelines. Very wise decision. But Godspeed ahead. Thank be you, careful. Tom. Thank you. All right, big boy. All right. It's all yours. Let's run this. Let's go. Take it away. Let's go.